Because if you want to kill a big dream, tell it to a small-minded person. God has shown you some amazing stuff in your life that you thought was brilliant. Then you took it to your friends, friends and your family, and you shared it with them, and they shot it down. You know why they shot it down? Because they couldn't see it. You know why they couldn't see it? Because God didn't show it to them. He showed it to you. Yo, what up, man? Welcome to Give Me the Loop, man. That was some good motivation, right? Good, good, good clip, man. Um, that was Steve Harvey. I love that clip. You know, I had talked about situations on the podcast, about that same thing, about how you got vision, you got goals for yourself, and as a human, we want connection from other people. This episode is going to be about connection and how the connection from people could either bring you down or make you successful. It's either one or the other. And a lot of times we have people in our lives that we want to continue to hold on. And we know that person is doing nothing but bringing us down. But we want them to be there because they were there when times probably wasn't good for you. And you feel disloyal by ridding them people of being in your life. You're like, well, when I was broke, they were there. So now that I'm up, they got to be here too. But the truth is, People are here for a season. People are alive. People die. It's all for a season. Some of us are here on multi-year contracts. But when they expire, that's it. Because we're here for a season. When you got that brand new idea, when you got something that's going on with you, you need to tell the world. Notice how people react to you. Notice how people say congratulations. Because that shows you who needs to still be here and who doesn't. And some people are good. Some people will congratulate you. They even share your shit. But the truth is, they don't really want to see you win. And that's a fact. That is a fucking fact. A lot of people, you know what? This week, I ran into a situation like that. And we're going to touch on that too. Matter of fact, let's get right to it. We're not even going to wait. We're not going to bullshit. We're going to just get right to it. This past week, Kevin Samuels died. If you don't know Kevin Samuels, he's a popular YouTuber, Instagram, let's say social media influencer. And in the last two years, there has been a moment or a movement going on social media called the Manosphere. And this Manosphere is like a type of ideology to empower men. Now, Women had their own 
feminist movement that popped up a few years ago too. And you still see a lot of that ideology still linger within social media to this day. But this manosphere is very new. Maybe late 2020 till now, right? It's been controversial. And when you look Kevin Samuels up, it's going to say controversial YouTuber dies. Kevin Samuels died at the age of 57 from a heart attack. And the first thing, so day one of him being dead, like the day it happened on May 5th, there was a lot of people on social media praising the fact that he died. Now let's get into the culture of people praising death. This not only comes from the fact that we've been desensitized throughout the past years of constantly seeing murder on social media. This is part of that. But this is also part of the fact that in our music, we're constantly celebrating savagery. Now, I kind of spoke on this before and to Drill a Mockingbird episode. Go check that out if you haven't. I spoke on how drill music, celebrating other people's death, is a norm within hip-hop culture. And hip-hop bleeds into other culture, mainstream culture a lot. There's, it's, it's no way to... It's no way to... Avoid it at this point, right? You got Starbucks white girls saying slang that is used in the hood now. Because of social media, it's this for me. You got social media trends and slang and people from all over the world speak the same. Last night I was in a comedy club. A white boy get on stage he sounds like Jack Harlow, swear to God. Everything he says out of his mouth is either, even though he's dressed like a white guy, you can tell he's heavily influenced by the music he listened to, by black culture. Let's just put it out there. Now, I won't go far to be radical and say that he has a black scent. I'm not saying that. because I don't dictate the way people talk. I think that's a foolish thing. Oh, this person have a black scent. But black people do have a dialect in the way they speak. And that's, a, that's something that's true. Just like white people have a dialect also that they speak. Now, depending on who you are, where you come from, yes, you can, it, it crosses over. And, that's, and this goes into the whole thing of you sound white. But there is a thing where hip hop is now big culture. Or popular culture. Or anything that hip-hop artists do, it get plastered all over Complex, which is a magazine or now it's a social media about what's popular. Majority of 90% of what's on Complex is all hip-hop. Why is that? Because we're the fucking cool. We are the cool, and we have been since the fucking 80s. 
So let's let me not lose myself. Back to Kevin Samuels. So this ideology has rubbed a lot of women the wrong way. Because it tells men, hey, you don't have to deal with this shit. And it also, I think what's really controversial about the Menosphere ideology when it comes to Fresh and Fit podcasts, um, Rallo, uh, Kevin Samuels, when it comes to that ideology, I think, why is it different from any other ideology? The Manosphere don't just talk to the men. They get out and they talk to the opposite sex. See, with feminism, feminism never, or feminists, they never win at men. Like, they never, they win at men in their ideology, because that's not what real feminism is, and we could get into that. But social media feminism, let's say that, to be protected, because I, I don't want to... uh Blemish the things that real feminists have done for not only women, but in society, right? Because they have fought for rights for over a hundred years. And I could get petty when I could say that black women aren't treated the same as white women. And this is true. But under the banner of feminism, I'm going to give them their just due because, yes, there's been racism during that time. And I think racist or racism trumps whatever movement that there is because it's a way of life, right? You can't change being racist. I think racism started out as the ideology, but it became a way of life. And this is tied into white privilege and everything else. So let me make that clear, okay? We're talking about social media feminism. We're talking about social media women being hyper-empowered. That's what we're talking about. I think the differences between the manosphere and social media feminism is that when the uprise, grab a pussy, Trump shit was going on, those women didn't reach out to men, the average man, and tell the man what they need from the man in order to live and be okay, right? They didn't, they didn't reach out. There was no talks. It was, we are treated this way, we are tired of being treated this way, and it was hypermaxed into whatever funnel or tunnel or lens that social media have. Now, we talked about lenses on this platform, and I'm going to get back into lenses. The clips of Kevin Samuels that was posted was showing him in the lens. It was showing him as this savage person who told women that they were going to be big Shirley's, that they were going to die alone, that they were that they looked like a linebacker. He said all types of things to women. There's clips of him talking to men too. Talking about how they, they can't want a lot from a woman if they're not delivering, if they don't have a job or they don't have an education. What do they think that they're entitled to women? Do you got a big dick? There's clips of him saying that. He talked to both. His platform started out as a platform for men. Actually, it started out as a fragrance platform, right? 
to give advice on how to smell good. He's a body image consultant. Let's let's get this first form. His real thing by trade is he worked corporate for many of years, but he's a body image consultant. So say if you're having trouble attracting the opposite sex or you having trouble getting the job or something's wrong with your self-esteem, you'll go see him. And he will tell you ways to fix your life. There's a lot of people that's like that. They're, they're not advertised, but there's other body consultants out there. He said, hey, you need to lose weight. You need to wear more uh, shirts. You need to wear slacks, shoes, boat shoes, whatever. He gives you advice. Hey, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And hopefully, if you make those adjustments and improvements, your life shall change. That's his job by trade. So his content started out as a fragrance. This is how you smell good. No traction. Then he goes into telling men advice. And he started to build himself up. At this point, this is the beginning of the manosphere. There was another YouTuber, social media guy on Facebook. I see him a lot. His name is Derek Jackson. Now, Derek Jackson... They have very similar approaches, right? Derek Jackson, he is pretty much a love guru. And his platform was going well. Millions of views, selling ebooks, doing the whole thing. Late 2020, he ended up cheating on his wife. The girl exposed him or whatever the case may be. His wife does a video. It becomes a meme with her and her own bonnet. Sitting there supporting her husband's fuckery. Now, I'm not going to speak on the man's relationship and what he do, cheat, whatever. I'm not going to talk on that. But you're selling a product. You're selling an image to women. That this is what a man is. And you're not that man. That's a problem. Not only to me, but to men that's in the mental sphere too. Because... They're looking for people that represent what they think and what they're going through. At the same time in this whole minosphere, feminist women going on, there's another sector of women that no one wants to talk about. These women are the women that is pretty much the city girls type of women. That has a false reality because now social media been around for 10 years. It has gave them a false reality on what success is. Even myself, and I'm not perfect. Even myself have dealt with false realities of what social media or what success is. My whole life, I was very successful in my regular life. Before social media. I was never on social media before 2020. But because I started the podcast, because I'm on social media, it has diluted my timelines on the things that I need to achieve in life. That's just the way the shit goes. Because you're constantly keeping up. I mean, I just started a book club that I'm about to fucking take away. I was about to start a radio last week. About to start my own radio station. 
because I'm a Kickstarter person, right? But the level of social media is, social media is about dreaming. It's about seeing other people succeed and either you're adding to that and you succeeding yourself and you creating yourself or you're watching other people create. So a person like me who uh, is a fucking quick creator, it's easy for me to get sucked in bullshit because I'm like, okay, I want to do that. Let's do it. We got 10 days. Let's do it. We're going to put it up because that's how I am. So, but there's a sector of women out there that let's, let's say they have this unruly expectation or standard on men that's not real. I want a man that makes six figures. You know how hard it is to make six figures? I think I went in on that on Instagram the other day when I was talking about the fact that the household, the average black household is 24000 The average black man makes forty k. Do you know how hard it is for a black man? And every race varies, but do you know how hard it is to make a hundred k? And you say you want a black man, and you don't want to work. You want to be a stay-at-home mom, but you want a man that makes a hundred k. That's that social media shit. You want to stay at home. You want to turn your phone on. You want to start recording videos. So Kevin Samuels identified that it's women out there with this ideology on life. And his platform was interacting with those women. And those are some of the women that was praising his death. The same women he spent night after night after night arguing with. Giving them the facts. Even though Kevin, and like, let me tell you, that manosphere is kind of interesting, right? Because, like I said, they, they interact with women. And they show where women are at. I'm part of the guys that is being looked over by women who have these unruly expectations on life. They're my age. Unfortunately, well, I'm a young man. These are the women that's out here. The modern day women. These are the women that's out there. These are the women that I have to pick from. Unless I go out my way and I got to go to church. I got to go. I don't know. I have to go out my way to find the right woman for me. Or these are the women that's available. And I think Kevin Samuel's thing was, okay, there's more of y'all because social media spreads ideology real quick. He identified that there's more of y'all. So I have to break down this wall that you guys have, this bullshit wall that you have. So he changed his content. He went from having an all men's content where he talked to men and told men to do better and be better. And then he started to talk to more women. Because he realized that more women was making him viral. Women makes him viral. When you say things about them, that's kind of crazy or kind of new. And plus, we're living in this time where all women are beautiful. Believe all women. We stick together, girl. So when you hear this black man telling you you're a four or you're fat 
You're average, really. You're average because everybody's fat in, in this era. So you're really average. You're at the good scale average, but he's telling you you're fat. And that's a lot to do with parents, too. Parents coddling children from the truth. We're going to get back. I'm going to tie myself into this. So Kevin Samuels passed away. He had a massive heart attack. Um, the 911 call was so devastating. I am not going to play it. I just feel like something should be private and that man's dying moment should be private. But a lot of people had negative things to say about him. Where was all this negativity when the man was alive? When you can call up to him and cut him up and everything. Where was all this negativity at? Here's somebody who had nothing but negativity to say about this man after he was dead. Vivica Fox, ladies and gentlemen. A hypocrite. In my honest opinion, he really was. I didn't find anything about him to be healing. He insulted uh, African-American women on a consistent basis. Uh, One of his last statements that uh, he said was that if you're over 38 and you haven't married or something like that, that you're no good and disposable. Um, To me, he was a shock jock. And, you know, I, I hope this is teaching folks a lesson about the karma that you put out the negativity that you put out in the world, that when karma comes knocking at your door, she might not be so kind. So, you know, the fact that he uh, killed over real quick and was uh, supposedly with a woman that we don't. Killed over? Shut the fuck up. Death is karma. Vivica A. Fox. Come on, man. That's distasteful. This is the type of shit I was talking about. This is the type of rhetoric that was applauded all through social media the day that man passed away. You don't like him? Oh, well. Keep that shit to yourself. Can you imagine people praising someone's death because they don't like the opinions that they're saying out their mouth? They don't like their opinions. That's it. We have We are now in a time period where your opinions are so... Hurtful to people that they can't deal with you. They're so sensitive. We are living in a time when people are so sensitive that your opinions is just like the worst thing that you can do. We are living in a time where people who have opinions is ridiculed more than murderers, more than anybody else. This is just the way society is, man. It is we have gotten to a point where because we're on social media so much, our opinions is like everything. You're talking to a guy who talks. You're talking to a guy who has said things that was wrong. I've said things that was right. I predicted the future. You're talking to a guy who has talked a lot of shit. Whether you agree with it or not. It was kind of offensive to see people do that because I'm thinking, okay, when I die, what's going to be the temperature, right? If I get to a certain level of fame and you don't agree with me, you're going to wish I go to hell? You're going to make memes of me in hell? I lived a good life. Did things. Donated. Volunteered. 
just a good person. I'm just a good person in general. But because you don't like the things that come out my mouth, it warrants you to tell me to go to hell or you just smoke on my body. This is the era we living in. And I'm just so devastated because it shows how it shows how fucked up we are. And how we don't coordinate with real life anymore. That man is dead. He can't defend himself. And he will eat Vivica A. Fox ass up. Because that's a woman that has no business talking. She's a woman that's been lonely forever. She's barely hanging on to the fame that she had in the 2000s. She has no room to talk. And for her to be insensitive like that, it just shows that a hit dog is going to holler. That those women that he talked about, it obviously hit a core with her. And the truth is, and I've I've been saying this forever before Kevin Samuels. A lot of times women pass up on good men. For whatever reason, I think it's a lot of times passed down from their mothers and their mothers not teaching them how to value a good man when they have one. And then it gets passed down. So by Tommy, the women settle for assholes or they're washed up. They fuck up with time. And that's all we got is time. And when it's time for us to go, when the season is done, the season is done. Here's a message from Kevin Samuels. We're going to move on. Yes, I want to see black men and black women together. But I want to see black women valuing black men as black men deserve to be valued. Black men, you are worthy. You have done great things in the last 20 or 30 years. You've taken your image back from cops deadbeat dads and everything else you stepped up to the challenge and this is your time this is your time the gender war is over average at best happened in 2021 that is over 2022 we're going into it self-awareness is sexy men are going to show the work and women are going to show their worth. we're going to move forward we're going to move forward and if you want to move forward together with us men are there waiting for you men are there working for you but you're going to earn your spot Because he has to earn his value. And that way. You're going to have to earn your spot. Just like he has to earn his value. I think that was really his whole ideology. I think that's really what he really wanted to do. I don't think he even got to the place that he wanted to be. I think he was so consumed into the come up. And I know I said I was going to move on, but I I really have to say this. He died. He died alone. See, he was saying all of this shit, but he didn't have a family. He died alone. In front of some sexy nurse he had the night before. He lived his life like the way he said he lived, though. High value man, more than one woman. But at the same time, Why die alone? In front of some stranger you don't even fucking know. It's really sad because I feel like Kevin Samuels didn't even reach his real potential. At the age of 57, I think that this was something that was new. I think he finally hit the point in his life where this was something that was going to give him success. It just sucks. It just sucks because I feel like a lot of times he got distracted. 
But I know because I'm in this world of media, content creating, I know how much work it took him to do. To get on live streams five and six times a week in the middle of the night, 12 o'clock, probably wasn't drinking a lot of water or sleeping. There's a lot of things that factor our health. And then being a cancer survivor, yeah, man, it's a lot of things that's in there. And I'm not going to sit here and act like there's not other elements to this story. Rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. Uh, I got nothing negative to say about that man. Uh, I only tuned in to one or two shows. Thought it was pretty. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting because, you know, I had my own judgment on it. And I tuned in and I was like, okay. I get where he's coming from. He's talking about a sector of people. And the fact of the matter is these women called in to speak to him. He didn't call these women. He didn't call these women to attack these women. These women came to him. He asked them questions. Um, and then he gave them either statistics or he gave him his opinion. He told women who were fucking raised by working blue-collar dads. Why don't you want a blue-collar man? Your dad was a blue-collar man. Why don't you want a blue-collar man? He gave them a reality check. And somehow in this era we in, if you give people a reality check, you're offending them. and You're hurting their feelings. Hey, I don't know, man. You know, I have posted a video on social media and people... Uh, you know, hit DM me and argue with me about it. Oh, you said things that was crazy. Yeah. When I'm joking, anything goes. When I'm joking. Or I had an ex. She was on Kevin Samuel's show. I was like, yeah, so why you going up on there? Oh, I just wanted to see if he was going to be disrespectful to me. <sighs> Clowns. That's a, she's a clown. That's a clown. Clown behavior. I'm going to call that out how I see it. I don't care about protecting people's feelings. That's a clown. You wanted to go on there and see he would disrespect you. That's why you went on there. You didn't have no other reason to go on there. Yeah, man. I, I kind of went off and I, I said most people go on there for a reality check or to hear the real shit. That's what I would think a woman would want to go in there for. To get help. So many women said that they got married because of that man. That man changed their lives. The things he was saying to them helped them understand their man better. I just... You wanted to go in there and see if he would be disrespectful. Come on, man. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, some people be projecting, deflecting, and all types of shit. Look, listen. I don't know if that's true. It's just... I just think if you went on there, everybody got something out of it. He got content out of it. You got followers out of it. Attention out of it. It, it is what it is, man. I'm done talking about it. I kind of, it was just something that was bothering me because I am a person who speaks my opinion. I do say things that people don't like. And I'll be damned if I die, people will say and try to throw dirt on me because they don't like what I say out of my mouth. It's kind of fucked up. So I'm moving on. Uh, this week, there was 28 people um, in YSL that was indicted. 
YSL is uh, a record label, um, but according to Georgia DA, it's a gang. It's an offshoot of the Bloods, or members of YSL is tied to the Bloods. This is what the DA said. Now, um, among those people that was locked up was Gunna and Young Thug, two rappers, um, number one selling rappers. Um, Young Thug owns the record label YSL. I think he's partnered with 300. 300 is now owned by Warner. I think they sold this year for 400 million. Um, I don't know how the business side of that goes, but Fulton County DA, I don't have her name. She's saying that Young Thug and all of the associates of this YSL record label slash gang has been doing things inside of Fulton County for the last 10 years. Bodies has dropped. I think two bodies shootings have occurred. Um, I don't know. I didn't read the full indictment, so I don't know. Um, but I will say that when it comes to indictments, Rico's, let's back it up. So he was charged with the Rico. And, you know, I wish I had clips of her saying that this could be a life sentence. I didn't get the clip because I was annoyed. And I, my personal feelings got in front of me actually getting the clips and being objective. And I'll explain that. The RICO Act. So the RICO Act was made by Rudy Giuliani, right? And it was made during the 70s. Yes, Rudy Giuliani, mayor, ex-mayor. Um, I think he worked, he was a lawyer for Trump. Everybody hates the guy now. Back when he was young, he was nice in the courtroom. Man, Rudy was nice. So back in the day, right? Let's put yourself in the 70s. There was a lot of killings going on in New York City. The mafia ran all of the waste uh, sewage programs. They ran all the department of buildings. The mafia had everything on lock. I think the Irish mob really had the NYPD at the time, but... For the most part, the Irish mob was, it was really in the uh, blue collar sector. And I think, um, well, they both shared the blue collar sector. Um, But when it comes to the mafia, the Italian mafia, the Italian mafia had, you know, all the unions on lock, everything. Like when it comes to building buildings, that's why a lot of the buildings are getting remade now in New York City because they were built fucked up or they were maintained fucked up in the 70s. Um, a lot of these buildings are pre-war buildings that happened before the mafia was there. But what happened was when a lot of the building codes and everything got maintained, the mafia came and they did a shitty job. Uh, this is what the mob did. A lot of people think that the mafia was like guys who hung out all day. But no, these guys have real jobs, right? They have real jobs and... Sometimes they did the real job. Sometimes they didn't. Um, 
But for the most part, there was a lot of crime. So before the RICO, a police officer had to catch you doing a crime. But with the RICO Act, racketeering, organization, criminal organization, all of that, what Rudy Giuliani did when he created this and got this signed off was that as long as you're part of an organization, they could arrest you on conspiracy to commit whatever under the grounds of RICO. So RICO got several charges under it, under its act. It's an act. And there's several crimes and charges that you have to, I guess, do or be a part of in order for them to lock you up. Um, so that's how they got all of the bosses and they took down the mob was the RICO Act. Because a lot of the bosses were never on camera doing the actual murder. They would tell people to do the murder. And all the RICO had to do is prove that this boss, whatever, Gambino, whatever, send out this guy to go kill somebody. That's all they had to prove, that this boss send the order. And they weren't ready. I think the mob really wasn't ready. They were still talking on phones. There were a lot of dudes were moving sloppy in the mob. I'm not going to lie. And in return, that helped bring down the mob. And then when people snitch too, a lot of times if you get caught and you are informant, you tell on the next guy, you, the, the informant, the criminal informant, the CI, pretty much, they bring the Rico because they prove that, hey, we are connected. This person told me this or whatever the case. Normally, when you see a Rico act go down, there's normally a snitch. There's normally a snitch somewhere. Uh, we don't know who it is, but it is somewhere because there, there's a person that the police need to prove that they're all connected. And the police been using this tactic for a long time. Uh, now that the mafia is gone, the police use this tactic in the black community. Um, and not just the police, the DA, they use this tactic. And that's why I feel some type of way. The reason why I feel some type of way is because I have a deeper understanding than the regular public. I'm from New York City. I've seen indictments since the time I was a teenager. I've seen them come in the middle of the night. They lock you up. And then they charge you with conspiracy to commit murder or conspiracy to racketeer. And next thing you know, you're doing five years upstate or you're doing five years in the Fed or 10 years in the Fed because the DA pretty much, this is what the charge is saying. We think you know or we think you did. What a conspiracy or RICO act is saying we think. Some dudes get locked up. And the reason why they locked up is because the feds know or the state know. And they saying we know. But then there's other guys that are inside of the uh, indictment that are there because the feds are saying we think you're involved. And they're pretty much using those guys to snitch on the guys that they said we know. Ain't that some shit? And they tactfully bring down the organization this way. This is what they do. It's really sad because when it comes to that DA, she's a black DA, district attorney, black lady. And the quickest way to politics, being a lawyer. When Kamala Harris became vice president, I saw a lot of black women saying to their daughters, look, 
fuck you could be this. Oh my God, they would post this stuff. Oh my God, my daughter could be the vice president. No, your daughter cannot be the fucking vice president. Your daughter could be a lawyer and then she could use that law degree or her position within the DA office to become the DA or to move into a position where she's an elected official because the district attorney is an elected official. Once you become an elected official, you're now in politics. Once you're in politics, then you can leverage your way into the Senate or wherever you need to go. All of those people are lawyers. Stacey Abrams, she's a lawyer. Joe Biden, he's a lawyer. If you look at all of the people in Congress and you go through their names and you go through their Wikipedia or whatever, however you get your information, Wikipedia is not a good source because it could be changed, but it's a lot of real information on there. So I'm not going to discredit it, but academic standards, I got to put that out there. But if you go and you do your research on everybody that's in government, that's an elected official, nine times out of 10, they are lawyers. Barack Obama, he's a lawyer. They are lawyers. Law is the quickest way into politics. Most of the times, a lot of the people that have law degrees, they have poli science degrees. That's what their major or minor is in. Pre-law, poli science. Poli science, minor in pre-law. I don't know. This is what they do. The quickest way into politics. So this lady, this is a political move. She's using Young Thug and Gunna as a way to leverage herself into politics. Meanwhile, people are going to do life for the fact that she's making a political fucking move. This is the real shit. That people don't want to talk about. People don't want to see that there's an element to that. Because everyone wants to say, wow, how could these guys have millions of dollars and still be out in the streets? You don't fucking know that. That's the point of a Rico. You could convict somebody without proof. And I was looking at other videos on YouTube. They talking about weed. These guys were in conspiracy of selling weed. Weed is about to be legal, fam. This is the shit I'm talking about. They use charges. They got Gunner. The reason why Gunner is locked up because they said he was wearing a YSL chain in his video. And he said that he had 100 choppers. Lyrics. That's bullshit charges, fam. He don't got nothing to do with a YSL chain. He signed to a record label that says YSL. And in Georgia, that's a common thing to get a a chain of the record label you're a part of. Because it's a family. I don't know about these charges. I I, I don't know. I, I... I knew Georgia was thinking about doing the indictments because they said last year during um, COVID-19 that crime was up in Atlanta. That's what it's really about. Atlanta is going through a crime wave. So they feel like, okay, let's throw all the... It's, it's a method of mass incarceration. Let's throw all of the black people that we feel that are criminals, let's throw them in jail without proof. By saying we think you did something or we think you're in connection to something, why not get the people when it happens? Why not arrest the murderers when the murder happened? Why wait years to get the person? If you felt like they did something, if you felt like Doug did something in 2015, why you didn't arrest him then? They even mentioned the fact that Lil Wayne Bus got shot up. 
But the guy who shot Lil Wayne bus up, he went to jail already. And he got released and he's on parole. They locked him up again for the same fucking charge. He was in jail the whole time. Why are you locking him up? He already served that crime. This is what they do. It's a mass incarceration method. It's also used by the DA to leverage herself into other political gain. This is what they do. It's the game, ladies and gentlemen. It's the game. This is the game that we're living in. And it's kind of personal to me because New York been doing indictments forever. Has been doing indictments forever. It was a time. Yeah, I know I don't like to open up about anything being in the streets. I don't like to talk street stuff on this platform. I just don't. Just like I feel like people on social media should shut the fuck up. If y'all don't want to be, if y'all want to say, oh, we can snitch, we can snitch, we're civilians. Be civilians then. Fuck out of here. Why you always talking? Why y'all always feel like y'all got to comment on everything? Y'all don't know the facts. Wait until the facts come out before y'all start saying, oh, Gunna and Young Thug is guilty. These are charges that's put against them. Then you don't know that. They could be used as leverage to snitch on somebody else. That's the way these indictments go. But this is the shit and this is the time that we living in where people think they could comment on everything. But let me tell you this. My fear, and it gives me so much anxiety when I see this because I thought I was going to be indicted. You know, I really thought that about myself. Once I found out how the government works when it comes to indictments, I was shitting bricks. Because I always thought, well, if I don't get caught for a crime or if I'm not doing a crime, they can't get me. I'm not doing the crime, they can't get me. If, if someone down the block do the crime, what that got to do with me? I'm minding my own business. Oh, shit. They got a picture of you shaking hands with that person, so that must mean you know. You conspired to do that crime with them. You, you shook their hand when you walked past them. That's all they need. And next thing you know, you're doing 15 years for shaking somebody's hand. This is a reality. This happens all the time. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Yes. Oh, so-and-so caught a body, and you were at that party where they caught a body. So did the whole gang catch a body? Was this a gang thing? This was all your friends? And let me tell you this. And when you growing up in the hood, your friends is all you got. It's like if you go to college, you get friends. You work at a job, you get friends. When you live in the hood and you live in a poor area, nine times out of ten, the people you live by becomes your friends. It's kind of a trap because you're telling parents, hey, you don't want your kid to be in a gang, quote, quote, move to a better neighborhood. Oh, they can't afford it. (laughs) So by default, there's a high percentage of their kids growing up to be in a gang. Yo, it's really a, a lose-lose for everybody. Everybody's fucking lose, man. Everybody losing this situation. This black DA lady, she's breaking down the black community. Instead of looking at it like, oh, we're doing so many indictments. We're getting these criminals off the streets. 
Why do you have so many criminals in the streets? What is going on in your city that you're breeding criminals? Is it lack of programs, resources, education? All of this shit is tied into the indictment. I mean, Young Thug, I think his lawyer is going to have a field day because it is a record label and because it is a legitimate business. And what they're going to have to do, they're going to have to separate the business from his personal ties with these people. And he's going to have to prove either the people that was indicted with him work for him or whatever he's going to have to prove. But I think that he has a good chance of getting off. And it just sucks. It's going to come down to Bond, too. Hopefully he gets Bond. Uh, because when you get Bond, it's easier to fight the indictment from behind the wall. It's just what it is. And I, and I know that for a fact because I have friends that's been indicted. And their fight is a lot easier than those who are locked up. Um, yeah, that's all I got to really say this week, man. I'm going to holler at y'all. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Cold hearts and heated floors, no parental guidance, I just see the voice. Therapy sessions, I'm in the waiting room reading Forbes. Abandonment issues, I'm getting treated for. How much water can I fit under the bridge before it overflows? My son's gotta learn that forgiveness is a lonely road. The cribs on his wheel like motorhomes. Niggas love to try and test us like they know what we own. Chubb's got the magazine cover like Rolling Stone. Cause we already know how they brought they throwing stones. Whenever you getting bigger, there's growing pains. I got enough pull to make the city start throwing games. I'm out here making a mockery. I got my realtor out here playing Monopoly. How can I address you when you don't own property?